Hello everyone, it's Ian again. Things have been pretty busy in our world right now, so we thought we'd do one more episode from the archives. It was Veterans Day this past week, and we thought it would make sense to bring back episode 15, which was War Disney. The company had an interesting role to play in World War II, and it seems timely to give it a revisit. Enjoy. everybody this is wd carousel of podcast my name's crystal and i'm ian and today we are going to do another little history lesson and it is wartime disney but first before we get into that we actually want to do a little bit of a review so a couple weeks ago we had both received candles from the magic candle company which specializes in candles based on on Disney. Yeah. And specifically smells that you smell in Disney, which I know sounds kind of weird, but <laughs> if you're familiar with the parks at all, there's so many smellitzers around to yeah. give each area its own unique scent. Also, you're listening to a Disney podcast. Like, how weird can it be? <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, this candle company has actually found a way to capture those scents and put them into the candles. So, for example, we got a Polynesian candle, which smells like you just walked into the Polynesian. I kid you not. So there's all those really exotic florals and some earthy tones, and it's just amazing. And it just brought me back to Ohana, honestly. Nice. And it was a fabulous candle. We also got the um, the flower shop candle, Mm. which is... Just like you shoved your face into an entire bouquet of flowers. Um, (laughs) That one was a little too strong for me, but I gave it to my friend Emerald Rose, and she was in love with it, and it's amazing. And we also got one more candle, and it's the one based on the Haunted Mansion ride. And I kid you not, guys, it smells like a little bit like marshmallows and, you know, wood smoke, and honestly, it kind of like a Tootsie Roll, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And I got one as well that was, uh, I I made sure to choose it after the Banshee flight, the, the flight of the... Flight Navi, of Passage. Flight of Passage, yeah, because yeah, it is one of my favorite rides. So I was like, oh, it did that. Let me just have a little look-see. And it is, it's a really nice smell. It's very strong, so it'll fill up an entire it is, room. It is made for a big room, one candle to scent the whole thing. Yeah. So don't be afraid when you first open it up that you're getting a kapow of smell. But we've had his ban- Banshee? Yeah, Banshee Flight's what it's called. Banshee Flight candle going for a while now. And the first thing about this is there's some really high quality wax in here. So there's no soot whatsoever. You're not seeing any smoke coming off of this. Right. And there's also a wooden wick. So it gives this nice little fun crackle to the candle. Hold on. Let's see, see if, if you can, can hear it. This. I have no idea if you can hear that or not, but it, it's really nice. It's a really, really pleasant sound. And the way that the wood works and it just kind of flickers a little bit, it's super fun. And I'm in love with these candles. And in fact, I had emailed the owner because when the flower shop candle was not what I expected, I had read their return policy and I was willing to send it back. But I had emailed the owner 
and just through their contact us and within two hours he had already emailed me back and he was like no problem we'll just send you out the candle that you want and i'm like well where do you want me to return this and he's like oh don't worry about it and i was like are you are you serious because i have no problem and he's like yeah i'll just send the other one that's not a problem at all their customer service like that whole interaction we had about seven emails total going back and forth combined between the two of us in a two-hour time period and it was all done and that's amazing for a small business to be right or any business to be right on top of it and be right there and finding a solution it was amazing customer service so i highly recommend them i think they're super fun and get the polynesian one (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's really cool and it's really cool to see even their like little designs and stuff are very evocative of of Disney style and the retro Disney style. So I yeah, it's it's really, really fun. I wanna get the Pirates of the Caribbean themed one because oh, really? that, one, that one they, they joke about that one. They're like, Well, we can't really get a candle that smells like bromine because that's just a chemical. But <laughs> <laughs> this is as close as we can get to it. And so I, I that's gonna be the next one on my list for me to try because I'm not sure if you guys are aware, real quick. Disney does not use chlorine in any of their water attractions. Right. They use bromine, which has a lower smell, but cleans just the same. And so it has a distinct scent, and that's why Disney water rides don't smell like a chlorinated pool. They smell like a Disney oh, ride. And they smell like a brominated plool. pool. 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 Words. I like plool. Let's like go pools. with pool. Let's do that. So... That is the Magic Candle Company. This, they're not sponsoring us. It's just something yep. that we found and we really enjoyed and we wanted to make sure that you guys were aware of it too. So check them out again, Magic Candle Company. I think it's .com. Yes. And it's just go shopping. It's fun. So now on to the topic of the day. We are going into more Distory. I'm going to call it distory because I want oh, to. Oh, you, you went there. Oh, boy. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and we're going to do wartime Disney. And I'm not sure how many people are aware of what happened to the Walt Disney Company during World War II. In fact, when we were going through our eras of Disney, and you talk about the Golden Age, the mm-hmm. Silver Age, Bronze Age, and the you know Revival, all this other stuff, they missed a whole chunk of time in there and a whole bunch of movies that came out at the same time. And it's almost like nowadays people either don't want to acknowledge or forget that... Disney was not only included, but they had a huge impact on America during World War II. And the story actually starts out in 1942, uh, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, you know, everybody's gearing up for war, and the (laughs) over half of the Burbank studio was trying to be requisitioned for anti-aircraft troops Whoa. they wanted to completely shut down half of the studio just wow. for bar- barracks for the troops right, and right. making the anti-aircraft munitions and all this other stuff and disney's like no don't take my property no no i can i can come up with a reason to keep it um uh um you know what we'll do we will do a whole bunch of propaganda to Get morale going and keep us up and keep everybody 
you know, pro-war and to let them know that we're fighting for the right side. Yeah. And that's what Walt decided to do. And he convinced the government to not take all of his land or half of his land to do this wow. and to keep going and producing, which is an amazing feat because if you try and get the government to do anything other than what it wants to do already, yeah. you are not going to be able to. But yeah, Disney convinced them that it would be more valuable to make informational interview or videos, training videos, the propaganda to help keep the morale up and eventually he worked with all the lines of the government so we're talking air force army marines navy i mean they even got into like the fda the food and drug administration at one point in time which you know after the war got done he continued on with other situations but he had so many different parts of the government coming to him being like you know, you're doing such a good job and this is really impacting the world. Can you do something for us? Can you do something for us? Now, there are some big ones that people are really familiar with, but the most, the most quote unquote popular one that came out at that time was De Fira's Face, which actually is one where Donald Duck has a dream that he's working at a German munitions factory. Oh, that's really weird. <laughs> and so he is, he is like working in Nazi Germany and he's having all of these dreams where the Führer is just yelling at him and they're having to do, it's just, it was a big turning point for everything. And that's the most popular of the propaganda videos to date that people Harken back to when they talk about wartime Disney. Another one that was really important, but it honestly like flopped at the box office, was A Victory Through Air Power. And it was in 1943. It was based on a nonfiction book that had to do with aviation. And Walt Disney thought it applied so much and could help the war so much that he made sure that this video was made and in doing so affected what the higher powers, AKA the president, cause he saw it and was like, you know, that actually makes sense and started doing more with the aviation and air oh, wow. and really kind of helped turn how we attack in world war two versus world war one, which was a lot of, you know, ground battles. Right. And so that was a huge turning point that Disney had their hands in. Wow. And almost everything that they did when it came to any of this war stuff whether it be the films they also did buttons they did posters they did war bonds they did you know magazines they did cartoons they did a whole bunch of different stuff comics and it was all done at cost too oh they did not make or pocket a penny from all of this wow which is something that when you're thinking about how big a company Disney is and how many people are working for it, you know, for them to just do it at cost and not have any income coming in. Right, right. That, that's really perplexing. And, yeah. and you wonder, how did they survive for the four years, you know, from 41 to 45, 46 when they stopped doing this, when they weren't making any money? Well, you know, and I, I think that a lot of it was, you know, because they had a lot of early successes. And they weren't, you know, making no profit. They just, 
weren't making any profit beyond what it took to cover the bills. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the end, after it was all said and done, they kind of stumbled through it with just that lack of money. But then they came through and they're like, we did all, we have this huge body of work working for the government. It was super successful. And they just, it's just gangbusters after that. That's pretty amazing. Well, and they didn't, they didn't actually get a lot of help either. Right. So, I mean, grand total, they did like 68 hours worth of continuous film. Holy crap. For all of this mixed together through right. all the different lines and all the different videos, whether right. it be the training or whatever. Right. And so that's a lot of money yeah. to put into it. But what they did is they did it in shorts. And they got rid of the feature-length films because, well, first off, 90% of the Disney Studios got drafted <laughs> that were doing, Fair enough. doing Fair the enough. feature films. So it's not like they could really do that. And then with the European market being shut down, right. the flops that they had in the quote-unquote golden age because they just didn't have the European market anymore to right. get money from, Right. the banks stopped giving them money. The oh. bank said... You know, we'll let you do a couple shorts, but that's about it. We're not going to fund a feature like a film. And so that's why even the movies that came during that time that weren't propaganda based. So let's talk about the Three Caballeros, yeah. Saludos Amigos. Those were still movies. And I think Melody Time was in there, too, where it was feature length, but they did it as shorts and they just kind of squished them all together. But what's interesting about, like, the Three Caballeros and the Saludos Amigos was those were actually propaganda as well, which I found really interesting um, to promote goodwill to areas south of the border. So Mexico, South America, because we don't know what the Nazis were sending down there and trying to talk about the U.S. about. And Disney was just down there before all of this started. I mean, he had his mental breakdown. And so he did. That's another story. And so he had his first vacation in forever. And they went down there and loved the culture, experienced the culture, said they wanted to come back. And then all of this happened. And so they were like, well, let's do these shorts and just show them how awesome the South American people are and make sure that they realize that we appreciate their culture and whatever the Nazis might be trying to change their mind on. Yeah. Make sure that we're actually keeping a positive. So, I mean, all of those guys are okay and they were perfect for the purpose that they had. Right. But... Those aren't movies, and these are the ones where when you go through the grand list of Disney movies, they weren't included in the eras because they're not Golden Age. They're not Silver Age. They're their own they're, thing. They're yeah. missing. And why are they missing? Because they're shorts, and it's not something that they put a lot or were able to put a lot of money towards because... They didn't have it. They were doing almost everything at cost. They didn't have a lot of the same staff there. So the illustration quality went down and um, they just didn't have the big audience either. So not as many people remember them. Right. But I mean, along with the films, like I said, there were so many insignias that they did. And you can find that there are, are over 1300 troops um, that have the special insignias done by Disney artists. Oh, wow. It's specifically Hank Porter. He was the one that 
really did a lot of the munitions work. And it wasn't just for one character. Yeah, we're really familiar with Donald being in the Navy, but everybody was included. They used the whole character gambit. So you yeah. have Mickey, Minnie, Goofy. You even on the like war bonds, you see like Thumper even and Owl. And... <laughs> Ooh, and they're stretching. wearing they're wearing these little military outfits and they're like, yeah, buy worn bonds. Woo. <laughs> 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 and he really threw as much of the power of Disney out there to try and back it up, which really says something. I mean, Disney himself, when World War One happened, lied and said that he was older than he was to become a Red Cross agent in France. So sure. you know that war and supporting the military is really important to Disney. Even to this day, they still have a flag-lowering ceremony in Walt Disney World to keep up yeah. the respect for the military, which is great. But this has been something that's been super important the whole time. Right. The other one factor which I think is amazing is because Disney had over 90% of the dominance when it came to propaganda and military talk, military visuals. It started a trend in comic books <laughs> where all of a sudden other companies were coming up with their own oh. military propaganda comic books and creating new characters right, right. off of military troops to have right. their own full comic books in to follow in the trend of Disney where right. they're, you know, pro-US and boo the Nazis, which, by the way, boo the f***ing Nazis. I mean, oops, sorry, I totally swore. Oh. Yeah, you did. Should we that's my or? that's my that's my rated R moment. for the moment, but <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going on in society nowadays. But no, Nazis have never been appropriate, and they never will back, be. Back in the day, we all kind of agreed that Nazis sucked. I'm not really sure what happened there. I don't know. Anyway, but so that's little little political thoughts that's, from, that's from our Crystal and Ian. Now. <laughs> but interesting little side fact. I can't remember if we talked about this or not at some point in okay. time. But the only real American flag in the Magic Kingdom is the one over uh, the train station outside, like, right outside the park. Um, because the rest of them are all, like, purposefully inaccurate. And that's the one that they take down for the flag yes. ceremony every day. Yes. And the rest of them are all not actually American flags because they don't want to have... There's so many of them, they don't have to deal with doing them properly. Mm -hmm. So they just have, like... Either they have the wrong number of stripes, or they have... They're missing a star. They're missing a star, or an extra star, or whatever. They're all basically incorrect on purpose, so they don't have to... Take them down. Take them down. Yeah. The other thing, which I'm pretty sure we've talked about before, is Shades of Green. Yes. Is its own resort on Disney property that is exclusively for the military. And so that's another thing that Disney does to make sure that we are promoting our yes. troops and our... Um, active as well as inactive yes. military, our retired military, and I think it's a great thing that Disney has stood for yes. for so long. Even when 9-11 happened, that's like one of four times that Disney shut down. Like, they actually closed the parks. The parks. Yeah. And Disney doesn't close the parks. Yeah. And that was one time where Disney decided to close the parks. Yeah. Because... It was just... It was that kind of it time. Is. Yeah. And and the uh, shades of green. We've had friends that have stayed there, and, and it's it's an amazing thing that that they've that they've been able to do that. And it, and I believe the way they have it configured is they own the land, 
but it's this like 150 year lease mm-hmm. with the with the armed services and they've and they've got this arrangement it's it's really amazing it's really amazing so that's a little bit about wartime disney look into it i mean the art that has to do with this the propaganda videos i mean this is a great time where disney took a stand and disney has not had a lot that it takes a stand on because disney wants to be family friendly and liked by all and this is one time where they put their foot down and they're like no we are still going to be working and in fact we are going to be working without profit because we want yes. to do this we want to help out we help out want with, to the, make sure with that... the ability with the skill set we have that was this is so off topic but i think still sort of relevant in the commencement address at my college i went to a liberal arts college very much that kind of world mm-hmm. a lot of people that i knew i knew a couple people that went on to work at disney nice. and they our our president of the college was like you are all superheroes it is up to you to use what you have to change the world using your skill set. Don't try to have a skill set that you don't have and try to do it that way, but all of you have the ability to create change. And that's what Disney did. They used what they had to create the change that needed to happen. And it really changed the mindset of the people, really got them motivated, kept them focused and positive about making sure that we could get through this war and do the right thing. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, no, that's somebody else's war. Oh, no, that's exactly. happening over there. We'll just shut down. Yeah, they, they got involved, but in a creative way, which I think is really admirable. And on that note, we are going to wrap it up here. This has been WD Carousel of Podcast. My name's Crystal. And I'm Ian. And I hope you have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Just a dream away.